Hey friends, Ashley Souza here. I spent years working in dental offices wishing I had a friend to guide me. So I'm here now via the Practice Ally podcast to guide you on your journey in dental management. Well, hey friends, we are going to talk about one of my favorite subjects right now, how to make holding people accountable easier. Yes, I know it's a strange topic to be excited about, but I love it so much because it wasn't that long ago that I was so terrible at it. And now I think it's something that I'm actually somewhat good at. You know, I love sharing my knowledge and making things easier for you, so I'm going to do just that. I hope that when you are done listening to this episode, you have less anxiety and more clarity. Oh, and I almost forgot. I created a download to go just with this episode. So if you'd like the freebie download, go to www.ashleysouza.com backslash coaching and it's in a download section. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and list out four tips that I hope will make accountability just a little bit easier for you. Now the first tip is to identify which pool of accountability the employee is in. And what I mean by that is when you're holding somebody accountable, you want to make sure that you're treating them fairly, right? So it's really, really important to figure out what pool of responsibility and accountability, I mean, (laughs) they fall into. Um, And there is three of them in my mind, okay? I break things down to behavior, attendance, and performance. Now, I will talk about it a little bit later that I, um, when I'm holding somebody accountable, I do go ahead and loop um, behavior and attendance together, but for right now, we are going to keep them separate. So behavior is something that fully falls on the employee. So it's something like they're having a bad attitude or they are um, being disrespectful, they're using foul language, they're dressing inappropriately, 100% something that they can control and that is um, out of our control as leaders. The next pool, attendance, I mean, that one's pretty self-explanatory, but tardies and um, absences are going to fall in that pool. I will tell you a little bit later on how I um, kind of count out my um, attendance infractions. Like I don't, I'm not going to put somebody on a disciplinary action or even have a conversation with them because they were, they called out sick for one or two days. Um, So I will tell you a little bit later on how to handle that. But for right now, we're talking about pools. So the third pool is performance, and this one is a little bit trickier. Now, the reason why I say it's a little bit trickier is because I genuinely feel that performance falls on the leader most of the time. So most of the time, we have made a really good hire, and we have hopefully given the person the tools to be successful. And if we haven't, that's kind of when performance starts to slack. So 
If I fire somebody or I put them on a disciplinary action for performance, I really need to check myself to make sure that I've done everything I can to support that employee. But if you have provided all of the resources, the training, and coaching to the employee about particular performance issues and they are still not improving, then it would fall into this pool. Okay, tip number two, set clear expectations. Now, I know that sounds a little cliche and everybody kind of says that, but, you know, nobody really knows what that means. Um, Of course, we need some kind of set rules, right? Um, Everybody needs set rules for their employees, like the way that they want their employees to behave. If they're not supposed to be wearing certain things, then you know, we want to make sure that we've told them that up front. It's not fair to hold somebody accountable for something that they didn't know, right? Um, so the way that you can set clear expectations is with a couple of different things. Um, I like to use job descriptions. I make sure that I have job descriptions for every single position in the office. Um, And I like to go over them during training, um, during onboarding, make sure that I send it to them with offer letter, just so they're not something that it's just a one and done that that we're revisiting constantly. I will pull them up in um, when we're doing coaching conversations or developmental conversations um, because I think it's something that you can use as a tool. And you really want to make sure, again, as a pulse check for yourself, that you've given this employee the tools to do their job effectively, that they know how to do everything that's on the job description, right? Another thing that I know is like super popular and I absolutely love is checklists. Um, I think that especially for new people, um, it's really, really easy to get caught up in the day. I know I do. Like I need a good like little checklist every single day. but we just forget things unintentionally all of the time because we're humans, right? And so our employees are humans. Um, and so a good checklist will help them know exactly what they should be doing and when. I really I really like a good morning checklist and an afternoon checklist and an end of day checklist. And so I let it's not it's not long and extensive, but just a few things that they should be doing right in the morning, right after lunch and before they wrap up their day. Another one of my favorites is scorecards. Scorecards can be, you know, really whatever you want them to be, but I love them to go on a one through five ranking, and then I clearly define those ranks. Um, You want to make sure that they know what one means, what two means, what three means, what four, and what five means. So I really the goal for me is that to get everybody on three or above, um, and three is not it's not a bad grade. It's kind of like a C in school. Um, so I make sure that my employees know that, and we're going over there them frequently. So depending on the size of your team, you can use um, scorecards once a week for the first ninety days um, of an, an employee's um, training. Like it's a really good tool for the trainer to use and for you just to you know, kind of do a check-in on a new employee. And then I like to go to once or twice a month. It's a good 
good um, tool to use with a developmental conversation. Um, also, you know, just a, a little bonus um, for you here, side note here, is that if you're um, developing an employee to kind of take on a new role, you can start using the new roles scorecards and kind of putting them against that. So that helps with growth. Um, that's a really, really great tool uh, for them to know what the expectations are for them to get to that new role. Um, and then a clear training plan. Uh, I think that, of course, especially if you're you know, not established in, in business, we're always evolving, right? Um, it's really, really hard to get a, a consistent training plan, but do, do your very best to put something together. But I, I really, really suggest having something that you can go back and check or, and something that allows you to do quizzes and to test, um, what the employees are learning during each section. My personal favorite, and this is not an ad, is uh, Trainual. I love Trainual because you can add little GIFs and you can really go in and make sure you that the employees completed everything. You can go and check yourself and make sure that everything, you know, you have wanted um, to teach the employee is in there and then you can create a quiz. I love this tool for accountability because nobody could ever say you didn't teach me that because you can go back and look in tra Trainual. Now, do I think it's good for them just to go through Trainual once and they're, they're one, one and done? No, that's not reasonable for somebody to see something just one time and think that we can now expect them to be an expert in it. During training, we really, Trainual, is a good resource, but it shouldn't be the only form of training. But it, like I said, it is a great, great tool to use along with some of the others. Okay, so tip number three is to have honest conversations. This is such a big one for me, you guys, because this is the where I feel like I've really gained momentum in this accountability space. And this has been the biggest, game changer for me by far. I don't know if you've ever been blindsided by a manager, um, but I have. I've been blindsided by managers plenty of times where we're having a more serious conversation and I was never, I felt like I was never told that I was ever doing anything wrong. And a lot of our employees feel the same, where maybe we think that we've told them something but we haven't really made it clear. And so this is where honest conversations come in. And I don't mean honest, like serious, hardcore conversations. I think especially being a woman in a leadership role, we think that we have to be hardcore. Like we think we have to be like badass. Um, we have to be tough. Um, and I think to some extent, we do have to be firm. But I don't think that we have to be mean. I do think that there's a big human aspect to accountability and we can treat everybody with respect. So when I say have honest conversations, I mean tell the employee where they're at. I don't 
think that like the first time you're having a conversation with somebody, you should, you know, you should be extra firm. You might just say, hey, like, I, for some reason, I think that we talked about this. I thought I remember teaching you this, but, um, you know, that doesn't go there. We need to make sure that we're doing this first or whatever, whatever the situation is. Um, I'm going to just give you a quick example. So I have, you know, I have a small dental practice and, and we have three different rooms, right? And so I have an employee that, um, you know, I wrote it on the top of the room, what goes in each room, but I have an employee that kept putting the wrong patients in the wrong rooms. And, you know, instead of getting frustrated with her and saying like, oh my God, like it says it on top of the schedule, like she's doing it on purpose or, you know, she's just not getting it. I just say, hey, Sally, like I think we talked about this before, but I actually wrote on the top of the room what goes in each room, but I noticed that you're still putting things in the wrong room. I think that maybe you're still getting a little confused, but make sure that you pay extra attention to that because it's super important, okay? Wow. Like I know that that seat when we're in the moment, it's just easier to ignore the situation and let, but that that frustration builds up to a point where then we're like, okay, write up or termination. We got to replace them. They're not getting it. But those honest conversations will a just make people perform better. B earn the respect of all of the the employees, and then C help you sleep better at night. Like. When you are having to um, hold somebody accountable and you really haven't talked to them before about the things that they were doing wrong, it feels uncomfortable for you. It feels wrong to you. It feels stressful to you. And there's a reason why. That reason is because you didn't have honest conversations. Now, honest conversations can apply to... Uh, you know, a more serious conversation as well. What if I have, if I have, am I am having attendance or behavior issues with somebody or even performance and it's been going on, I've had conversations with them and I'm just, I know that I made a bad hire or this person is not the right fit for their company. Something has changed, whatever the case might be. Part of having honest conversations is, are you listening? I tell them that. I know that sounds kind of icky, but trust me, like they appreciate being treated like a human. Like, so whether or not I think that they can overcome the challenge that I have to hold them accountable for, I always tell them that. So if I think, um, recently I had a conversation with an employee, we call, we'll call him Joe. And Joe was struggling um, with performance, and we had kind of talked a lot about it, right? Um, The practice that he was in, it was probably just a little too high volume for him. Um, But I do feel like if he really, really paid attention and focused and utilized his checklist, that he could pull through. And so I told him that. And I also told him, hey, Joe, I just want you to know that if I didn't think that you could pull through, I would also tell you that. So this is not going to be a surprise. And if there's ever a time where I don't think that you're going to be a good fit, I'm going to let you know ahead of time so that you're not caught off by surprise. 
Now, if it had gone a different way and I had thought Joe wasn't going to make it, I would have just told him that right then and there. I would have said, hey, Joe, this office just seems to be a little bit too much for you. I don't think it's going to be a good fit. I'm telling you that because I genuinely care about you. I care about you as an employee and as a human being, and I don't want to catch you off guard. That's just not the kind of leader that I am. So, you know, if you agree with me, I really want to get your input, and maybe we can figure something out. So from there, we would probably, you know, figure out a different role, maybe figure out some times for Joe to go and look for a new job. But it's it's a really, really, like, freeing feeling to have those conversations. The employee knows where they stand and if they want to accept their fate and go through the disciplinary process, they can. But I can just tell you that I've never had anybody do that and say like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Usually they know if it's not a good fit. That's why having these honest conversations are so helpful. They're super, super helpful. I really, really encourage you to find the courage to go and have these. They're they're not easy at first, I know that. But with time and with practice, you will get better at them. Seek them out and have them. All right, so hopefully I've helped you a lot so far, but I'm gonna give you the last tip, tip number four. Have a clear discipline process. Um, Everybody goes about this a little bit differently, so I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you what discipline process that I use. I like um, to use progressive discipline, but I kind of tweak it in my own way. Um, Like I said, I like to pool behavior and performance together. And with a 10, I mean, not behavior and performance, oh my gosh, guys, behavior and attendance together. Um, But I treat them a little bit differently. So, um, With behavior, I take that very, very seriously, especially if it's like extremely, um, extremely unacceptable behavior because it can be, it can really be toxic to the other employees. So I go ahead and go down that disciplinary process right away. And what I do is I have, um, two verbal conversations with them. And I just kind of document those in a discussion log. Um, And then the third disciplinary action is a written warning. The fourth is a final warning. And the fifth would be termination. Now, for behavior, it just goes ahead and follows that very easily. Um, For attendance, I kind of give two, uh, sorry, I give three freebies in a 60-day window. So basically, if you call out twice and you're late once, um, I'm really not going to say anything till that third time. So um, that third time, I'm just going to let them know this is going to be like a, I don't tell them it's a documented conversation, but I just know on my end, I'm going to document it. Hey, your attendance is starting to slip up. This is starting to be a problem. So let's get it together. With the second uh, conversation, it looks like something like this. Hey, you've been late on, you know, more than one occasion, more than three occasions in the last 60 days. This is really starting to be a problem. Um, So if I have to talk to you about this again, it's going to be a more serious conversation. 
Now with attendance, it could be a little tricky because um, a lot of times, especially those employees that really want to like ham it up, they'll really give you like these big elaborate excuses. And I'm a softie. I love people. I love my employees. I don't ever want them to think I'm being insensitive um, because that's just not who I am and that wouldn't be genuine to me. So I will tell them, look, I totally get it. Like, I have a kid, I know what it's like, or whatever the game, your dog is sick, you got a flat tire, all of those things, that really sucks. Like, I totally get that. But I wouldn't be being a good leader if I wasn't treating you the same as everybody else. And if it's not okay for everybody to be late that many times, then it's not okay for you. So I hope you understand that. I know that a lot of you struggle with those conversations, so hopefully that little tip helped. Um, again, so with performance, with performance, it's completely different. I still follow these um, disciplinary actions, but I need to make sure that I do a pulse check with myself and notice that I've done all of the things that we previously talked about. Have I done the training? Have I done the scorecards? Have I done the honest conversations? Have I done the checklist? Did they receive a job description? Do they know what our culture is like? Because if I haven't done those things, then I really have no business putting them on a disciplinary action for performance. Um, so in a nutshell, um, those are my disciplinary actions and kind of how they roll out. Um, when it's performance, I do go ahead and give 30 days between each um, action because I do want to give them a chance to improve. And I feel like 30 days is sufficient for that. Um, when it's behavior, I just go ahead and move on to the next step every time that there's an issue. I have very little tolerance for behavior because it's something that's very controllable and really, really toxic and unacceptable in the workplace. We try to have a good upbeat atmosphere, so we don't really need, um, you know, we're dealing with patients and sometimes they're a little grumpy, so we really don't need anybody else's bad days um, time in and time out. So my friend, it does get easier with practice and with time. And once you get all of your processes clear. Now, I want you to go ahead and go over and grab my freebie because it's going to help you a ton with all of these ideas and tips. The, I'm going to go ahead and link it in the show notes below. But you can go to ashleysuza.com backslash coaching and download the four tips that we mentioned here. And also, I keep, I put in a little bonus to help you with those hard conversations. All right. Thank you so much for, think, for hanging out with me. I can't wait to do it again. Same time, same place next week. Bye for now.